Thanks, Matt. That's probably one of my favorite parts of 180 is when people come up here to uh, share their 180 stories and just sharing how God has moved in their life to, yeah, bring you to where you are today. So thank you for sharing that. As I was introduced earlier, my name is Matthew Boyd. I'm a fifth-year senior here at Ohio University main campus, and I'm studying early childhood and elementary education. So I wanted to share a little bit about my family with you guys, because typically when people come up here, they're like, oh, look at my wife and my kids and all that cool stuff. I don't have a wife. I don't got kids. But what I do have is... Go back. Three awesome roommates. I mean, look at us. We're just so cute. So yeah, you got Adam, Evert, and Sadler sitting right up here. They're the best. Love living with them. And yeah, we like to take cute pictures sometimes. So hopefully we can get that framed and get that up in the apartment. But uh, that's my family. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I know, it's exciting. So as you guys have known, if you don't know, the past few weeks we've been doing a series called Praying Through the Psalms. And I'm here to continue that, uh, that uh, series and to, yeah, teach you guys a little bit about the Psalms and how it's worked in my life. So we're going to be looking at Psalm 91. So Psalm 91 starts out like this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrows that, fl that flies by day, nor the pestilent that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent." For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. With long life, I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. A lot of stuff in there. A lot of good stuff in there. And I wish I could break apart each part of it and talk to you guys about it. But something I want to point out is that there's one word that's mentioned three times in that psalm. And that word is refuge. Refuge is mentioned three times throughout this psalm. In verse 2, it says, I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I, in whom I trust. In verse 4, it says, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. 
And then again in verse 9 it says, If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling. So when I'm looking at that, I've been teaching my fourth graders about context clues and stuff. So I'm using the context clues too of like, what's a refuge? What does that mean? I see it mentioned where there's a fortress or covering him with your wings or, you know, making the Lord your refuge. I'm like, what exactly does that mean to make something your refuge? And I absolutely love the definition the dictionary gives. It says a refuge is a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. I love that definition. A condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. So with that definition in mind, let's look back at those verses I just pointed out. So in verse 2, it says... I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So right there, it starts off just like the definition does, a condition of being safe or sheltered. Right there, the Lord is my refuge and my fortress. But then look at verse 3. What are, do we need to be sheltered from? What do we need to be saved from? In verse 3 it says, Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare, and from the deadly pestilence. There's your danger. There's your trouble. There's your pursuit. The fowler's snare, the deadly pestilence, which is just like a plague, disease, that kind of thing. Let's see if that pattern continues. Let's look at verse 4. Verse 4, it says, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Okay, there we go again. Safe, Shelter from what, though? Starting in verse 5. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. It starts out with that safety with that shelter, and then we get the danger. We get the trouble. We get the pursuit that we need saved from. Terrors of the night, arrows flying at us, plagues, pestilence, and we see people falling all around us. Let's look at verse 9. It says, If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Right there at the beginning, we have the safety, we have the shelter, and then it lists the danger. You know, great beasts coming at you, but God will save you from it all. Now, when I'm reading through this, and you guys might be thinking the th same thing, Matthew, I don't have to worry about walking up Morton Hill and a lion jumping out of the bushes and attacking me, or at least I hope that's not the case. If you see a lion somewhere on campus, call, I don't know if you call the police or what you do, but call somebody, because <laughs> that's not good. 
Another thing, I don't have to worry about arrows flying at me throughout my day. I'm assuming you guys don't have to have, worry about arrows coming at you too. But back then, back when the psalmist is writing this, that's legit stuff that they have to worry about. But how does that connect to us? A verse that I think does a really good job of this is Ephesians 6.16. And before I flip to that verse, I want to give you guys a little bit of context of what's going on in Ephesians 6. So in this section of Ephesians, God's, uh, or Paul is writing about putting on the armor of God and how that protects us from all the attacks of the evil one. And Ephesians 6.16 reads like this. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Right there it says flaming arrows, but it's not talking about literal arrows coming at you. The attacks of the evil one come through sin and temptation. That's how he gets us. That's the trouble, the danger, the pursuit we face. It's not lions coming at us or arrows shooting at us. I mean, sometimes that might be the case. But for us in our everyday life, it's the sin and temptations we face. For me, I've struggled with the flaming arrows of the evil one. A few years ago, I had a, a very very uh, many traumatic events happen in my life. Uh, started with a good friend of mine taking his own life, and then COVID happened, and so I was isolated, alone in my room, at home, away from my friends at college, and uh, I was finding my refuge in that isolation, in video games, in Netflix, and just all sorts of just not God things. And the enemy would get at me through lies, through lies I would tell myself uh, of just not being worthy, of calling myself ugly, just being disgusted with myself when I'd look at myself in the mirror, all the way to the point to where I almost took my own life. But guess what? God is our refuge. He sends his angels concerning us. In my case, my angel that he sent to me just happened to be my sister. She walked in my room without any knowledge of what I was about to do and just sat down and started talking to me. Guys, God is with us in all situations, no matter what it is. He is there with us. So, what does making God our refuge mean? I will tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you're never going to face danger. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to love you. It doesn't mean that the hardships and the troubles you face in your life are going to stop. What it does mean is that God is with you in all situations. If you run to him in your hardships, he is going to be there. And when I was trying to find out what else to say, Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says it perfectly. God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? What can mere mortals do to me? We have that confidence to say the Lord is my helper. 
and I'm not going to be afraid. And in Psalm 91, how does God respond? Let's look at it. 14 through 16, it says, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Praise God, guys. How cool is that? His response when we make him our refuge, when we go to him, when we are in danger, he says, I will rescue him. I will protect him. I will answer him when he calls on me. He will answer us. He will be with us in that trouble. He will deliver us. Not only will he deliver us, he will honor us. And in the end, the greatest gift of all, he gave us salvation through Jesus Christ. How exciting is that? I mean, that just gets me excited. That's so awesome. So as I begin to wrap up, I have some questions I want you guys to think about. You know, we can have confidence to face any and all situations when we make God our refuge and we, when we trust in him. So my questions are, what situations have you found yourself in recently where you need refuge? Maybe your family's going through a difficult time. Maybe you're in a relationship and you're a significant other and you are just going through a rough patch. Maybe it's school, grades, maybe that's bogging you down. Maybe you struggle with depression and anxiety and that's getting you down. First of all, if you do, I struggle with depression and anxiety too and I'm always happy to talk about it. But what do you need refuge from? And more importantly, where do you seek refuge? In my time when I was at my low, I was seeking refuge in video games and just being lazy and watching any streaming service, any show I could get my hands off, just literally cutting off all ties with people and just being by myself. So where do you seek refuge? My last question is, what can you do in your life to make God your refuge and to truly trust that he is with you in all situations? I got step one up there right for you. Write the truths of verses 14 through 16 on a sticky note in your phone, someplace where you will see it each and every day. So you can be reminded that he loves you, that he's going to rescue you, that he's going to protect you, he will answer you when you call on him, he's going to deliver you from trouble, with you in all situations, and you have salvation through Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for you just being that refuge we need, for being that safe place we can run to, to trust you and to have the faith that you are going to answer, that you will be with us in all situations, Lord. Lord, I pray for every heart in this room that you would just open it up and that they would receive you as their refuge, that you would be their refuge, Lord, and that they would trust you completely. I pray that they believe these truths and lean into you because, God, you are good and you are more powerful than any situation we could face. Amen.
Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180 Podcast.